0: Daniel chapter 9, beginning in verse 20. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my plea before the Lord my God for the holy hill of my God, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at first, came to me in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. He made me understand, speaking with me and, and saying, O Daniel, I have come out to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out, and I have come to tell it to you, for you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are decreed about your people And your holy city, to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and prophet, and to anoint the holy place. Know, therefore, and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, there shall be seven weeks. Then for sixty-two weeks it shall be built again with squares and a moat, but in a troubled time. And after the sixty-two weeks an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end shall come with the flood, and to the end there shall be war. Desolations are decreed. And he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week, and for a half half of the week he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall come one who makes desolate until the decree until the decree, until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the blessing of Your Word. And God, we know that the psalmist says that Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, that Your testimonies are wonderful. The unfolding of Your Word gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. God, give us understanding of this passage today and move us. Move us to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Move us, God, to share your good news to those who we meet. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Daniel chapter 9. James Montgomery Boyce calls it the backbone of prophecy. It's a highly, hotly debated text, but there are some big ticket truths that we can glean from it. It is a difficult passage to interpret, perhaps one of the most difficult, if if the most difficult in the whole Bible. One writer calls it a dismal swamp. You can read numerous interpretations of what the weeks mean, how they're broken down, when they start, when they end. But difficult as it can be it's also super encouraging in general it's meant for understanding Gabriel tells Daniel that he came to give him insight and understanding we need to approach it in humility prayerfully asking God to just give us insight and understanding. So, one question or more like a um, this is a, a a challenge, a guess, a game is how far are we going to make it today? Verses twenty through twenty-seven so if you want to circle how far you think we're going to get today um, maybe a key is you can see by this recording how long it is so you may have a guess that might help you um, I'm really not sure so we'll see in a reasonable time I mean if this recording was four hours long then you'd pretty much know that we made it through all 27 verses but if it's 30, 45 minutes Make your guess. How far is Dave going to get? As we begin, though, just just keep in mind some goals or um, rules of of interpretation hermeneutics. Remember, as we as you read it, as we read it, what does the passage teach us about God, and what can we Learn from from Daniel, the man. What can he teaches in his response and in in what he's writing? And as always, the the context is important. The context actually begins in verse one, where Daniel recorded these. Events meaning his his prayer and then the visit from from Gabriel in the first year of Darius the son of Ash- Ashuerus a Mede who had been made king over the realm of the Chaldeans in the first year of his reign Daniel I Daniel perceived in the book the number of years that according to the word of God to Jeremiah must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem namely. 70 years. So the context was Daniel had been reading Jeremiah and came to those passages in verse in chapter 25 and 29 that say that the the exile would last 70 years. And he was moved to to pray, to confess his sins and the sins of Israel. to to repent, to agree with God that their punishment was just. So the context tells us that this passage is maybe not directly after Daniel chapter 5, but sometime in that first year of Darius, Daniel was moved to to pray, <clears throat> but notice the the more specific context that we that we glean from verse twenty. Daniel's writing while I while Daniel was speaking and praying, so he was praying out loud to God. He said he was confessing his sin and the sin of. Of my people, sin of the Israelites, presenting his plea before the Lord God for the holy hill for Jerusalem. And I like the way the New King James says, starts with verse twenty one. Says, "Yes, while I was speaking in prayer." Verse twenty says, "While I was while I was speaking while I was praying." in verse 21 he says yes while i was speaking he said i didn't i didn't say that wrong I, while i was speaking the man gabriel whom i had seen in the, in the first vision came in swift flight so he said while think of what that means what we can glean from that, that of just how immediately God heard Daniel's prayer? How quickly God answered Daniel's prayer? And we know that sometimes God's timing is not like that. We may pray for for something for days or weeks or even years, but that God immediately hears our prayers. I mean, that's comforting, refreshing, encouraging to know that no matter what time of day, or not. God is on His throne and He hears our prayers. So Gabriel came to Daniel and and Daniel in verse 22 says, "...He made me understand speaking with Him." You know, this may be a summary of that event. How long did it take Gabriel to make Daniel understand? You know, if 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 Gabriel was talking to me, this might have taken two or three months for him to make me understand. But so Daniel, Gabriel takes the time and he makes Daniel understand, and he says, "Daniel, I've I've come to give you insight and understanding that this is not supposed to be something shrouded in." In darkness, Gabriel didn't say, Daniel, I've come to give you confusion. Now you can read enough commentaries and scholars. There are multiple ways to interpret these. These, these verses, what, what, what Gabriel tells Daniel, you can read enough that you'll, you'll get a nosebleed from, from trying to, to piece it together and, and figure out who is right we're not going to solve the mystery today. All of these scholars make, a, make great points and, and their, their credentials are, are, are valid. We've got to interpret what is unclear in Scripture in light of what is clear. What is clear is that God uses the narrative of redemption Use what God has given in the narrative of redemption to interpret all the whole Bible. Use the whole Bible that describes to us God's plan, God's, God's mission to glorify Himself by redeeming the elect, by redeeming those who will receive Christ as their Savior. So Gabriel goes to Daniel. And he says, At the beginning of your pleas for mercy. Daniel was pleading for God's mercy in his prayer of confession and repentance. Do we do do that? Do we realize that even though we're sinners saved by grace, we still need to plead to God for forgiveness? You know, John First John tells us if, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins. Then He tells Daniel, I've, I've come out to tell you, this is verse 23, because you are greatly loved. Other translations say that you're, you're treasured, you're highly esteemed, you're greatly esteemed. The Net Bible says you have great value. Just consider that. That God sends Gabriel to tell Daniel you are greatly loved. You're you're beloved. You're treasured. You have great value. Does God tell us the same thing? Does does God love us in in the same way? You know, most primaries, remember primaries? That's what they called us kids when we were young in Sunday school. Most primaries can tell you what verse, pop quiz, what verse? John 3.16, for God so loved the world. We're included in that. But Paul writes to the Ephesians in in chapter 2, starting in verse 1, And you were dead in your trespasses and sin in which you walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. We were once all of those saints. Verse 4, best two words in the Bible. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. With Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. So, yes, we are in the same family as Daniel. We are greatly loved, regardless of how we had lived, what we were. We were sinners. We chased after the desires of our own heart. But God, being rich in mercy, loved us. Loved us enough to send his son, Jesus to die on the cross, be raised from the dead, and then ascend to His right hand. So Gabriel tells Daniel, your pleas have been heard. God heard you because you are greatly loved. He said, therefore, consider this word and understand the vision. Understand It's a a new vision. It started with Daniel's prayer, but now now Gabriel is giving Daniel more insight. Now, what did we skip in in those four verses? One other bit of context that is, I I think it's important, and I, I think it's very applicable today, When did this happen? Okay, well, this was in the first year of of Darius. Okay, more specifically, when did it happen? Well, it was while Daniel was speaking, while he was praying. Well, when? Go back to verse 21, the last phrase in verse 21. At the time of the evening sacrifice. Daniel could have said at 3 p.m., at 3 o'clock in the, in the afternoon, but he didn't. He said at the time of the evening sacrifice. Okay, that's that splitting hairs? Think about the time, the year. This is 538, 539 B.C. The temple was destroyed in about 586. We're we're coming on five decades since the temple had been destroyed. Almost 70 years, 66, 67 years that Daniel has been in Babylon. How many evening sacrifices has Daniel seen for three quarters of his life? None. Daniel hasn't seen or been in Jerusalem for most of his life. There have not been any evening sacrifices for close to 50 years. But Daniel relates this time, the time that he was praying, the time that Gabriel visits him, to something from his from his youth, but something that's still part of his mindset, his thinking. He remembers those times of sacrifice, every day, the morning and the evening sacrifice. Dr. Wolverd says that, In Daniel's youth, he had seen the smoke rise from the temple site in the afternoon sky with a reminder that God accepts a sinful people on the basis of the sacrifice offered on their behalf. God accepts us as sinful people on the basis of the sacrifice offered on our behalf the sacrifice of the one perfect Lamb, Jesus Christ, as He poured out His blood there on on the cross at Calvary. Dr. Wolford goes on and and says that the time of evening sacrifice was also a time of prayer so Daniel was encouraged also to pray. But here's, here's the main point I'm, I'm trying to get to from reading from Dr. Wolverd, As God, in a sense, met the spiritual need of His people at the time of sacrifice and oblation, so Gabriel was sent by God to meet Daniel's special need at this time and remind him of the mercies of God. we too need to be reminded of the mercies of God, reminded of our position as those who have been bought with a price, those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and it's just by God's mercy and God's great love but God being rich in mercy and loving us that much even though we were sinners. So Daniel's been away from Jerusalem for nearly 70 years. The temple's been destroyed. There have been no evening sacrifices, but he relates all of this to that time It's part of his his being, it would seem. He longs for that worship that God has Daniel's heart. Daniel truly loves the Lord. What would we do if we were Daniel in all the outer observances of our faith were stripped away would our lives still be built around worshiping God if there was no church building if there's no preaching is our love for God dependent on having the right atmosphere it's kind of a a, a, a similar situation, not not really that close, I suppose. But for months we've had to um, not meet as a body. We've been told to distance ourselves, to stay away. Is our is our faith still strong? What can we learn? What can Daniel teach us? It's no matter what the external situation, we can still worship the Lord. We can still pray that all these outer things, the right atmosphere, should not affect our, our worship and our devotion to the Lord. The true test of, of our love for God is when everything is not perfect, even in a troubling time, do we still worship, honor, praise, and glorify Him? Daniel did, and so he's a he's an example to us in even in these times, even in the year 2020 when we began 2020, did, did we think this would happen? Look how quickly everything has changed. And Daniel's been in this situation for 65 to 70 years, and yet he still notes at the time of the evening sacrifice, he remembers that and how important it was so, the context Daniel was praying for his people. He had read the passage in Jeremiah about the exile lasting 70 years. And God sent Gabriel to give him understanding and insight because he was loved. Verse 24, 70 weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and prophet and to anoint a holy place verse 24 to 27 are difficult. But let's take them a step at a time. There are different interpretations for what all these things mean. Some on the more liberal end of of liberal theologians probably should be rejected outright they probably don't even don't even believe in in God they're trying to break to dis- destroy the world or disparage any part of the word but others are from god-fearing, Christ-loving and honoring translators, theologians, those who truly love the Lord and as I said, you can read, um, you can come up with just multiple um, interpretations, or you know, what does this mean? What does that mean? To the point of getting a headache. But let's let's take it a step at a time. One key or one little little clue. One help is the way the NIV translates that first phrase in verse 24. The ESV and and New American Standard even the New King James say 70 weeks are decreed. The NIV kind of helps us. Because the word weeks is not necessarily weeks, it's sevens. So the NIV is probably more precise in saying 70 sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city. So if you think of it as seventy sevens, sevens, then it's a group of sevens. It would be more accurate to say a group of 70 sevens. So it doesn't necessarily mean a week. What well, would be 70 weeks? 490 weeks. But in this case, most scholars and writers agree that it's years. 70 a group of seventy seven years okay, I don't know how to say that seven years times seventy more like four hundred and ninety years then what does he say? He says there are six things then that are going to 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 happen during this Group of 77s. What are those six things? To finish the transgression? That's one. To put an end to sin? That's two. To atone for iniquity? That's three. To bring in everlasting righteousness? That's four. To seal both vision and profit? That's five. And number six, to anoint a holy place. Might also be a holy thing or a holy one. So Daniel had been prompted to pray when he read Jeremiah's prophecy regarding 70 years of captivity, exile for Israel. Gabriel comes and tells him, Your pleas have been heard. I have come to give you understanding. There's something grander than the 70 years. God has decreed 77s for your people, for Israel, for your holy city, Jerusalem, for these things to be accomplished. That's where we kind of get into more of the controversies, probably, too nasty of a word. How about just variations in interpreting what, it, what these mean. 77's are decreed for these things to come about. To finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for iniquity, to bring in ever righteous, everlasting righteousness, to seal, not to hide, but just to seal, to, to, to stop vision and prophecy and to anoint a holy, most holy place. Okay, answer to the first quiz question game. How far are we going to make it today? If you circled verse 24, you would be right. Ha ha, sorry. We're going to stop there. We're going to pick it up next week. But let's just see what we can glean from those five verses, verses 20 through 24. Daniel certainly gives us an example of one, of how we can, how we're to live, how we're to love God. We saw him in the in the first 19 verses that he was. Devoted to prayer. We don't know if this is before or after chapter 6. Just kind of ponder that a little bit. Did this happen after Daniel was thrown into the lion's den for praying? Or was it before? I am think I kind of like the before, but it really doesn't matter. It's part of Daniel's life. His worship was to pray the three times a day. But he also read Scripture. He's familiar with the law, the the Torah, the writings of, of, of Moses, the prophets that were before him, Isaiah, even a contemporary such as Jeremiah. So he teaches us, shows us the importance of Scripture and prayer, Bible study and prayer. He also shows us that it did not matter what his circumstances were. He remembered the time, the evening sacrifice, even though he's well into his 80s and, and he hadn't experienced that since his teenage years. But what does it teach us about God? God shares his redemptive plan with us in the Word. It also shows us that God has a plan and is going to bring it about. Here he sends Gabriel to tell Daniel, those are the 70 years of exile, but this is what's really been decreed 77s. That God has an, a bigger plan. much richer plan and he's bringing it about why does he do that Gabriel told Daniel because you are greatly loved Paul tells us that we're in that same category we are greatly loved as Daniel goes through as Gabriel goes through this and we see all these things that are going to happen we also are reminded that God is always working that He's allotted the amount of time for these events. We need to trust and persevere, endure. The theme of Daniel, the whole book, may be just the simple phrase that God is in control. We'll dive into the 70 weeks that are broken into three parts seven sevens sixty two sevens and one seven so I'll give you a whole nother week to read get it all figured out and then send me an email or call me and tell me what it all means because when you read one interpretation it's like okay that's it then you read another one it's like that's it And um, so you can kind of vacillate and change your mind. So if you picked verse 24, you won. There is no prize though. Father, thank You for Your Word. God, may it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God, I just thank You for how it reveals to us Your redemptive plan that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's in the precious name of Jesus I pray. Amen.